0: America, my name is Ami Yosef from I come to you live every Thursday about this time. It's going to be a quick show because I'm off to, uh, you know, do some stuff with the fam for Christmas. But I feel like the people should get their show if they need their show. And I think you guys need your show. So i we'll talk a little bit about family culture. And um, we're living in a bit of a golden age of cultural transmittance in terms of youth development. In some ways, it's easier and harder to raise a kid than it was. For example, I grew up playing soccer. I didn't, but I had to teach myself soccer because, you know, my parents divorced and my dad was out of the uh, picture. Yet he was there long enough, my parents divorced when I was like eight or nine. They were there long enough, seven or eight, eight, eight eight-ish. He was there long enough for me to know that soccer is something I have to learn how to play but not there long enough for me to actually like for him to teach me how to play soccer and like kind of work with me. So I had to kind of teach myself soccer and it was very stressful and I was bad uh, because, you know, he, you know. and, um, and so like, I work with my kids on soccer, but I, I was bad until I, you know, I, I became better, but like, you know, it took me a while. Um, so I work with my kids and my kids have the advantage of like, um, they there with them every day. So they're, Really good, and I have YouTube, right? So when I was teaching my kid myself how to play soccer and drills and stuff like that, I didn't really have the same sort of resources, right? That like a YouTube tutorial has. And so I can go to YouTube, get like a host of drills, like mix and match and use what I know about the game and all of that to put together a program for my kids. And then my kids, um, you know, do very well playing soccer because I I, 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 get with them. I have them at program, right? they're in a program. Right. And so there's that there's also the resources of, and so I, I also was a triple jumper in, in high school, you know, I was a 44, 43 foot triple jumper, 21 foot long jumper, which is enough that like, I won more meets and I lost, but I never won the big meets. Um, but once again, that was one of those things that I had to kind of teach myself. And that's a highly technical event, the triple jump is. But I had to teach it myself because the coaches were so-so. And uh, it's not like, you know, I come from triple jumpers, <laughs> right? So um, yeah, I had to kind of study and think, and this is in the time before YouTube. But then, you know, when I was looking at, looking at uh, drills, soccer drills, I was like, I wonder what would, what would it be like if I were to try to teach myself triple jump now? And so I put in triple jump like tutorials in YouTube and like all sorts of like very helpful videos came out that I would have loved to have when I was 13, 14, 14, 15, 16, trying to figure out how to like, you know, advance. And there's a way in which we're in a golden age. YouTube has enabled a golden age of youth development. Now this, my kids are going to be great track athletes and, and soccer players because they have a father who's going to study the mechanics and then transmit them and they're going to be able to transmit them directly to their kids. So my grandkids are going to be able to do this. And, um, so that's kind of neat, right? YouTube has enabled a, a quality of, and I think it's very important that kids become excellent at one or two things, something intellectual, something artistic, something, um, and they work to do it so it's not natural but that they work to like overcome and become excellent at one or two things because that transfers in life and without that you end up i don't think ever being your own person because you never have the independent excellence to kind of draw from in order to be your own person and to be strong in your own right and i want my kids to be able to be strong in their own right not just live their life sucking up to other people All Right. So, um, and then that got me thinking about two soccer players. Well, soccer's been interesting because, well, for two reasons, right? So you have Mbappe and uh, Neymar, two pretty famous soccer players, two, probably the four most famous soccer players in the United States, in, uh, in the world, and both of them are pretty much run by their fathers. Like you research Mbappe, you research Neymar, and like they are products of a father who wanted to produce a Neymar and an Mbappe, like period. Messi has like a soccer in his family, so it's just institutionalized generally. And he thanks his grandma actually for driving him. And then I don't know about Cristiano Ronaldo. He's got an incredible amount of internal discipline. That's, I don't know where that comes from. But uh, I'm sure, I suspect his parents were internally disciplined about something else, and then he applied that internal discipline to soccer. Uh, but in terms of Neymar and Mbappe, that, those are products of good parenting. Right? So these people who are casual about the idea that you know single-parent families are just fine, it's like, no, no, you need parenting. You, need par- you only get a certain allotment of parents in your life. You only get two real parents in your life. And just to throw those away and say like single parenthood is is great, is fine for the kids, is just putting them at a distinct disadvantage in life. Um, So don't go into anyone who says like divorce isn't that big of a deal, single parents are fine. No, it's actually a crappy way, it's it's a less optimal way way to raise like your child who doesn't deserve a less optimal um, upbringing, right? So parents are very important, family is very important um do that for your kids and don't let anyone tell you anything's different this the sour grapes attitude that like well you know single families are are fine too no they're not fine for the kid and they're not fine for the world that then like that kid lives into because that kid will never actually be like their own self they'll you know go with whatever (laughs) um yeah they just won't have that well of internal excellence and you'll say like well you know obama was raised by a single father yeah but obama wasn't revolutionary right (laughs) like obama didn't revolutionize anything um he he became a puppet of white liberalism and like so like if you want to actually break out and have your own well of excellence that's independent of like a standing order that's actually good for the community you need strong families because all of these kind of modes of freedom kind of build on each other you can't have political freedom if you have like a screwed up family Right? So, you need intact families in order to have intact civil society and businesses in order to have an intact politics. If you try to do these out of the order, out of order, or like have really good politics but have a bad family um, support, the community will like internally collapse. Strong black communities need strong black families and strong black businesses and a strong black politics all together and probably in that order. Probably in that order, which is one of the reasons why a real black politics has like, has to be concerned with getting assets into black families, getting assets and securing black families, right? Like then if black families are secured, like, and they're secured through like having guaranteed secure jobs, um, at like non degradation degradation, uh, wages or independent assets so they start like they can actually network and win their own contracts and have their own businesses and not have to work for anybody which is you know good too we live in a modern economy so there'll always be employees but like there should be black owners too i'm not an anti-capitalist in that way i I believe in black owners i believe in ownership of things in a private market and i want black people to have like a meaningful say in that private market and that means they need serious assets so secure jobs um, secure assets secure families then a politics if you try to do a politics without secure families or secure jobs and secure in civil society then you get the current iteration of black people just being herded into the Democratic Poli uh, like without into the Democratic party without actually getting anything back right because they don't have the independent well to actually you know, say screw you to a lot of uh, uh, the independent well of excellence and just confidence to say screw you to a lot of white liberals because they'll need those white liberals for money, right? So you need, if you're serious about, you know, black community life and black community uplift, you can't just go political. You have to understand the importance of the black family. And you have to understand the, black, the importance of black participation in civil society at a, at a level that's equal and on par with everybody else. Like we need to be able to compete with contracts with everybody else and win these contracts. Um, and so like a real black politics is going to be about securing the conditions for a black family. That means securing earners and, um, you know, wages and assets and moving assets into black hands. By the way, if you want to move some assets into these black hands, go ahead and go to www.funkyacademic.com and kick in five, fifteen, or $50 a month. And, uh, you know, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. i probably do it at a little bit bigger level. Right, But any any politician, any black leader who's not talking about moving assets into black hands, assets, like secure assets, secure contracts, like property, like that's the stuff that will secure our families that will then like lead, put us on the path to self-determination and not just being like scared of ticking off the white people who write our check. Right? So, um... We need more free black people in here and black, free black people come from, if they have the economic and family and civil conditions for self-determination. Without that, like you'll just get black people who sound like white liberals and that's not particularly good for black families, right? So um, thank you for your time uh well yeah and, you know this asset conversation is it's particularly important because you know apparently reverend barber of the poor people's campaign has just got a job for yale and black people are like yay reverend barbers at yale that's great and i'm like who's that great for all he did at the poor people's campaign and in the naacp before that is create more black democrats it's not like north Carolina great. so north carolina went from a red state to a purple state great you know what's also a purple state slash blue state? Virginia. Is it great being a black person in Virginia? Not really. A lot of black poverty in Virginia because we don't have assets, right? And the people who had assets had them before. And like, so, and you know what's a great blue state? California. Is California great for, for black people? Not great. No. California is hemorrhaging black people, right? So just because you create Democrats doesn't mean you're doing good for black politics. It means you're just creating Democrats. And it's just because you're creating black voters, doesn't mean you're doing good for black people. You're just creating black voters, but they don't have the independent conditions to actually uh, be self-determining when they vote. So you're just creating more company Democrats. You're creating more company Democrats who aren't in a social position to actually demand of the Democratic Party. Um, you're just creating more cattle for the slaughter, more lambs for the slaughter. You, create. Um, they're not in a social position to demand of the Democratic Party the redistribution of assets that black people need in order to actually be self-determining. Right. So you're creating the kind of black Democrats that white liberals love. Right. That's what Barber did. And that's why he is being trumpeted. So black people, and that's what Obama did. And that's why Obama was trumpeted. So white liberals love it because they get to feel good without actually doing anything different. And then black bourgeois people love it because they get to see a black person doing things like Obama and Barber. And then everybody else, you know, they don't actually get any big asset transfer. So, like, it's not like they are any more free before than after, right? So we had eight years of a black president and still black people are not doing any better than their parents. That's a whole problem because, like, we didn't fight the fight, right? We didn't fight the fight about securing black families, about securing assets to black people. We just fought the fight for the vote. <laughs> um, as if that's going to, that's as if voting while poor is going to change poverty. That's not how this works, right? Especially if you don't control any of the political mechanisms. So like you don't control the primaries or the candidates. So you get the candidates who are just gonna keep black people poor anyway, except they'll have a D on their name as opposed to an R. All right, thank you for your time. Um, I am gonna go do family stuff because my family's dope and I do great. <laughs> and I love them and Uh, I will see you. I'm going to be on the road, but I think I'm going to put out a video on the road next week. And um, I'm going to be out in California for a week. If you appreciate once again, if you appreciate anything I'm doing, trust me, like, you know, I lost a little bit of subscribers because I didn't hate yay (laughs) enough. Um, I go over to www.funkyacademic.com And kick in five, fifteen, or $50 a month For me to keep doing what I'm doing And I'll keep doing what I'm doing And probably at a bigger level Thank you for your time And I will talk to you Oh You know some people get upset if I don't do this Let me hit the beat uh, yeah Good to me the ways for the world the government if it was the president then I was the you leave it up to me I paint the white House black and so yeah if there's more of a story it's it's what's good for the Democratic Party isn't necessarily good for black people and black people we need a family politics that secures assets into the family and anybody who tells you that single parenthood is just fine no you only get two parents you only get a certain allotment of parents and like you can't just be throwing them away just because white liberals tell you that it's okay to, right? That's, that's, that's just not true. Um, Two people who are devoted to you as you figure devoted to your development, even if you want to quit, that's just not, that's just not something you should throw away. Um, And don't listen to anybody who tells you that it's you You can be casual and throwing away if you follow your bliss, right? That's just going to create, problems down the road and we don't have the money for rehab so we gotta just do it right the first time <laughs> like let the whites send their kids to rehab four and five times because that's how many times it takes we do it right the first time and the first time you need an intact family an intact family is going to entail like assets having the family like be able to devote assets to the development of that child those children all right so let me go and i will talk to you